Some time ago, my friend Mike called me and said, Steve, I have a message for you. You have to make a podcast. It's very important. Do it now. And I said, okay, I will. Can you provide me with extra time to do that during my busy schedule? He said he couldn't do that. But then I managed to free up some time. So here's my podcast, Audio Chimera. This is episode number nine, My Life in Coffee. So for a moment, let's forget about Konstantin Stanislavski, one of the founders of the Moscow Art Theater and the creator of method acting, and the author of the book My Life in Art, and talk instead about the magic bean. Because, as we know, coffee beans and human beans were meant to be the best of friends. I am a daily user of caffeine, but it has not always been thus. When I was a kid, I didn't think coffee tasted good at all. My mother and aunt, who raised me as a sort of a 1960s version of my two moms, both drank coffee. My mother used milk in hers, and Aunt Vic put two saccharin tablets in along with her milk. I once tasted her coffee, and it seemed sickeningly sweet with some odd aftertaste. I have no idea why she used saccharin unless it was to avoid sugar, but I don't really know. It may have just been trendy. Occasionally, on summer days, when my mother judged it too hot for hot coffee, I might have an iced coffee with her. She would make it with instant coffee dissolved in cold water with ice and some milk. I don't think I ever finished a whole glass, as it had for me a not very agreeable taste. You see, coffee was not my beverage of choice. Somewhere in my youth, I settled the Coke versus Pepsi question in favor of Coke. I have discovered over the years that those who prefer Coke to Pepsi find Pepsi too bitter. Those who prefer Pepsi find Coke too sweet. And then, of course, there was New Coke, which as far as I could tell was old Pepsi. So luckily we went back to the classic formula because for a while there, I stopped drinking Coke altogether. So in high school, college, and even my master's program, I stuck to caffeinating with Coca-Cola. Sometimes I would have too much and I would get heart palpitations. To prove I drank too much Coke in college, you would need only to see the photos of my dorm room with the rows upon rows of empty Coke cans stacked, I might say artistically, on a decorative ledge on the wall. Only once did I ever attempt to supercharge my system with coffee, and I've talked about that in another podcast regarding the Thanksgiving trip to Fort Wayne, Indiana, or more accurately, coming back and trying to make it ahead of a large snowstorm. Some would probably tell you that coffee doesn't work that fast, but placebo or not, It helped us get home. And then came Berkeley. The University of California Berkeley Department of Dramatic Art, as it was then known, advertised its grad program as a PhD in directing. From my research, there were only two programs like it in the U.S. The other was in Florida, And for a variety of reasons, including the notion that I would prefer earthquakes to hurricanes, I decided that Berkeley was a better choice. I'd started an MFA in directing program at Ohio State, but after the first year, I decided that I needed to switch to the MA program and graduate sooner. Changing my focus from directing to history and criticism took a little effort, because during my life in the theater, I have always thought of myself, first and foremost, as a director. 
But as a means to an end, I refocused and wrote a thesis entitled Classical Elements of Plot and Character in Joe Orton's What the Butler Saw. Of course, the ideas I explored in the thesis came in handy later on. One of the lessons I frequently attempt to impart to my students is that nothing is ever wasted. I think the first students in my arts entrepreneurship class grew tired of hearing this. But it's true, and I won't go through my litany of past experiences and how they resurface on a regular basis today, and maybe that's another podcast. But I later used the research for that thesis on a production of The Importance of Being Earnest by Oscar Wilde, who also used classical elements of plot and character, a production of What the Butler Saw, directly using my study of the play, and the inclusion of classical stock characters when I teach intro to theater. Now, clearly, I have had enough caffeine today, as my mind seems to be swinging like Tarzan on a series of vines, and I keep making side tours on this trip. One of the best moments of my thesis research came after I discovered that Orton had written a sketch for the infamous stage show O Calcutta, which seems to have been a theatrical review of sketches performed by nude actors. Because of its supposedly tawdry and erotic nature, the paperback was only available in the rare and banned books section of the library. I had to fill out a request on a card listing the actual academic purpose for which I needed the book, and then, and only then, did the very prim and proper librarian, clearly obtained from central casting, exit into the stacks to emerge with the book, which I could not take out of the library and could only be read there. It didn't take me long. It contained no scene by Orton, and quite frankly also contained nothing I found remotely shocking. By the way, speaking of my master's thesis, I don't think my advisor ever actually read it. I had a second reader, Dr. Yvonne Schaefer, with whom I had a close mentor-student relationship. During one meeting, she gave me a variety of notes for improvement, and when I went to my advisor, he said, What did Yvonne say? When I outlined her suggestions, he nodded and said, Yes, I agree with all of those things. Luckily, he did sign the final version, and I got my degree. And now we fast forward back to Berkeley. During the first two years of the program, we took academic classes and then moved on to comprehensive exams and dissertation proposal. In the meantime, we would sit in the Dramatic Arts Library around a large conference table. The professor, no matter who it was, always sat in the same seat with the grad students arrayed like knights at a round table. Each seminar meeting would happen once a week and for three hours at a time. So I arrived at my first Berkeley seminar and sought to engage in the discussion. I forget whether it was American Theater or Theory and Criticism Part 1, but 75 minutes in, when the professor said, Let's take a break! We all paused and blinked before we stood up. Then we stood, wobbling, and began to shuffle like zombies toward the door. One of my first-year colleagues said, I think I need coffee. And I agreed that I did too. And that's where the addiction began. Now I am no coffee cultist. There's the occasional cappuccino, but generally I have a regular coffee with cream. And none of this venti macchiato stuff. When I'm at Starbucks, I deliberately order the size in English just to bug them. Also, from my experience at this one coffee stand in Berkeley, I always make my coffee by heating water in one mug, adding the instant coffee to it, and then dumping it into a second mug that holds the milk. Does it taste better, as the person working the counter asserted? Eh, maybe. Do I need to stir it? Nope. Does it confuse house guests who watch me do this? Yes, but I don't care. I always pour the coffee into the milk, even with a Keurig. There's only been one time since that beginning when I tried not drinking coffee. 
I resolved that for health reasons I should just stop. And within two days, I had a killer headache, intense irritability, and was the most unpleasant person to be around. I decided that perhaps the health benefits were not worth it and had a cup. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. And suddenly, the world was transformed. Bluebirds on my shoulder, music playing, all was right with the world. Maybe sometimes addictions are not so bad. Anything you want to hear more about from this podcast? I can elaborate. Just send your request to stephenschramm at musifier.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-C-H-R-U-M at musifier, M-U-S-O-F-Y-R.com. Or leave a message at 724-835-4074 and I'll see what I can do. I receive no cash for products I mentioned, but please feel free to throw money at me to advertise here. For more information on my works, check out my website, musifier.com. For written works, search for me on Smashwords as Stephen Schramm or Musifier, or find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. This is Stephen Schramm. Thanks for listening to Audio Chimera. <laughs>